the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. I want to talk Federal Reserve and interest rates because it's the number one thing driving the market right now. Do I think we've put in a bottom in the stock market? I don't think we have for one reason and one reason only. We haven't had a panic event where people just quit. They just stop opening their statements. We got very, very trained. And when the stock market fell 5%, it was a buying opportunity. When the stock market fell 15%, it was a buying opportunity. I want to get to the point where you're like, man, if I put money in now, it doesn't matter. It's just going to sit there for three years and do nothing. So there's a man who's in charge of interest rates in the United States named Jerome Powell. Some people hate the fact that we have someone in charge, that rates should find their own level on their own versus being artificially set by an academic who's never worked a day in corporate America. Powell hiked rates like Volcker did in 1980. There's a guy named Paul Volcker. If you were to collect baseball cards of economists and Federal Reserve chairman, he would be a big one. There'd be a lot of pain out there. GDP dropped 6% during that recession. Nobody could stomach that today. So we're getting the water torture consecutive 75 basis point hikes. We're not getting the full... Let's raise interest rates until we until we don't have to. No matter what. Since I'm using Volcker as an analog in this example, it's worth pointing out that he got a pretty good bull market after the rate hikes ended. We are going to get a pretty good bull market after rate hikes ends. But right now we have rate hikes into forever. All the Fed is willing to say is we're going to continue to raise rates until inflation abates. We don't know when that is. If it never abates, will they go to a bazillion interest rate hikes? Yeah, that's the assumption from what they're saying. Not a reality, but the assumption. So Volcker got a great bull market in the 1980s. In fact, it was the biggest bull market of all time. It went on for 18 years. There's going to be a similar opportunity that comes out of this rate hike campaign because it's aggressive, but it's well measured and it's well communicated. He wasn't communicating change in years. Now they tell us exactly what they're doing and what they're looking for. They show you the plots and dots of their charts that they're seeing. Maybe we won't get an 18-year bull market, but what we have is something to really look forward to. There's pretty much the bear case right now that um, we're going to be in a recession. Oil prices are going down. Inflation is coming down. And our earnings have been pretty good. If you step back and look at it objectively, things aren't that bad in this environment right now. Europe is in a whole different game right now. And it sucks for Europe because they're in a checkmate with energy game of chess with Russia. But most of us don't live in Europe. So don't act like you've never had a down market. Don't act like you've never had a bad quarter. Don't act like you've never made a bad investment. You're not that clean. You're not that pure. 
So what's wrong with our economy? The only thing that I can find out right now is the Fed's going to raise interest rates a lot. I can't find a lot wrong with our economy when it comes to the stock market. Now, with our economy, when it comes to inflation, of course. We've had rate hike cycles before. I'm not seeing the bear case on why stocks go down forever. I'm not seeing the bear case on the worst case scenario. The worst case scenario right now is what if the Fed raises interest rates to 7%? If that happens, the S&P 500 is probably going to drop another 30% plus. I have some pretty good insight into how the Federal Reserve works because I've been sitting in this air chair for 25 years. Powell is not Volcker. We know that. A lot's going to depend on the CPI prints. If you take yesterday's CPI print, it wasn't that bad on a month-to-month basis, but it was bad on a year-over-year. And we want to see the month-to-month accelerate down, not edge slightly up. But when I'm saying edging slightly up, I'm telling you it edged slightly up. Typically, when I were to say, yeah, his fever edged slightly up, you'd be like, ah, well, at least it didn't jump. If CPI keeps going down, does that mean we get deflation? Not necessarily. Again, a lot of the economic rules that you study in college don't apply here because we've not seen this type of case of inflation playing out before. This for rookies looks big. This for people who've been in the game for a long time, we know it's going to take a year for inflation to come down. So inflation numbers have slowed slightly. In July, inflation slowed to zero. And if inflation is zero for the next few months, CPI will drop sharply. It's always good to think about both sides, who the winners and who the losers are, the pros and the cons, best case, worst case. Um, I suck being married to it because at the moment my wife is negative. I'm like, well, here's the positives. And then she's like, okay, okay, okay. I'll, I'll swim over to that side of the pool and I'll be positive. I'm like, don't forget about the negatives. That's how you win in Wall Street. You understand best and worst case. You understand that comparing is your, your most powerful tool in picking stocks. I think valuations are going to be cheaper in the next three months if the market continues to struggle, and that's fine. That's a good thing, not a bad thing. So the only thing that I can say right now that looks awful out there from a stock point of view is the Fed's going to raise interest rates a lot and that they don't really have a set time that anyone could agree on when they'll stop. They'll stop, I think, when rents stop going up. So what the Fed kind of wants right now is for people to lose jobs so that landlords are screwed. As kids go, I got to move back home with mom and dad. Can't afford the rent. And then to get a new renter, the landlord has to lose the rent. I've made so much money in the last three years in real estate. It's ridiculous. I sold a property, bought a property. Property that I sold, I made a ton of money on in the last three years. Property that I bought, I'm still up. But I've been losing some of the paper games of the last nine months. 
around the world, soaring borrowing costs are squeezing homeowners, home buyers, property owners from Sydney to Stockholm to Seattle. Buyers are pulling back as central banks raise interest, sending home prices downward. I think that's a good thing. If we're up every single year, then we're all going to own an island. And on that island, we're going to have nuclear weapons and we're all going to like fight each other. And like, I got money. Don't come into my land. You kind of need some winners and some losers. Millions of people who borrowed cheaply to pursue homes during the pandemic face higher payments as loans reset. If you're an adjustable rate mortgage from last year, you're screwed. If you're getting one now, I kind of like it. Because I think the odds are two, three years from now, rates will be a little bit lower than they are now. Not a lot, but a little bit. Frothy markets like Australia and Canada are facing double-digit house price declines. That's a good thing. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. You're listening to New Focus on Wealth on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. So in the last segment, I figured out a challenge of telling you what's wrong with our economy to the point that it's going to hurt the stock market when the Fed stops raising interest rates. And I can't find a case. Now, between now and then, we can see a lot of job cuts. But I think we're really well positioned. And I very rarely show you my next chess move. Um, I like to talk about what's working now with a long-term play on capitalism. This is my midterm play. This is going to turn into a bull market. Should that mean you should stop being defensive? Nope. But you should be prepared for it's going to happen. Now, let's hit some headlines. Let me explain how things work. BlackRock, they're a big financial institution. So big, like... They could probably fund wars. They're probably that kind of institution that can infiltrate the government with shadowy figures. I'm not saying anything negative about them. It sounds like I am. I'm just trying to give you how big they are. They're talking to 10 of their lenders. Um, They're talking to leaders in the industry about Bitcoin and digital assets. They want to know more about crypto. They're seeing the nature of crypto. Participation in the sector from the largest money manager lends a hefty amount of credibility. When I tell you crypto is here to stay, it is here to stay. Does that mean the best way to own it is Bitcoin? It's not. The main challenge for traditional financial firms like BlackRock is tapping into digital assets talent pool. And they're looking for the leaders right now so they can hire and put together a crew that knows what they're doing. They've put together a pretty good crew right now, and I'm telling you, that's one of the reasons I'm bullish on crypto for the long term. Now, when I'm saying bullish, I don't own any investments, but I could certainly make a case for it. Peloton went from a pandemic era success story worth $50 billion to laid off more than 4,000 of its workforce. Their founders are out. So a year ago, things were happy and good. Two years ago, things were happy and good. Now the guy who came up with the idea, let's put an iPad on a bike, get some sexy instructors to yell at people as they motorize their feet through the bike motions. Oh, people can't go to gyms anymore. Cha-ching! That company is a mess. I wouldn't touch it if you were to pay me. I I believe more in, and I've never owned it, I've never wanted to own it, but I believe more in the founders running the company than the guy who's in charge to come in and clean up and fire people. Now, turnarounds very seldomly turn is what Warren Buffett said. So I'm sticking with that. 
Is that okay for you? JP Morgan fees from its investment bank could fall up to 50% this year. They're going to massive layoff because of that. I like massive layoffs. It sounds weird to say out loud because it makes me sound like a jerk. But you have to curb excesses. And if you only need 10 employees, you've got 20. You got to go down to 15, 14, to 13, to 12, to 11 to figure out 10. Rising rates and slow economic growth have left many companies saddled with high debt loads and greater interest rate payments. This is one of the reasons you look at financial statements on companies you acquire. Do they have debt or not? What is the quality of their debt? Are they AAA, like an Apple? Or are they a little bit shakier? Or are they way shakier? Debt isn't a problem until rates move higher, and then debt becomes a problem for all of us. If you got bought an adjustable rate mortgage two years ago during the pandemic, like you really couldn't afford a second home. But you bought one anyway because the pandemic and you did it on adjustable rate mortgage paint, knowing that it was balloon on you. But you knew that the real estate was going to go up in value. You made some wrong assumptions and you're going to get hurt. If you're in an arm right now, you are feeling some P-A-I-N. I know you said there's spelling. Uh, Twitter shareholders have approved Elon Musk's $44 billion takeover. Of course they would. Uh, he offered a great price. Now there's going to be a testy legal battle. Um, he made the foolish mistake of saying, I'll buy it as is. I made the foolish mistake of buying my home last year as is. All things considered, it's still up in principle. So I'm stoked on that. I've made, I've built some equity, right? Um, but there's also some repairs that I had to make last year that sucked up some of my cash that should have been going to the stock market. Stuff that the original owner didn't really want to bother telling me about because I would have asked for a discount. I'm okay. I'm a big boy. I knew that going in. Other headline news that we can use, Googlers who used to work at Amazon are sharing horror stories about their former employer's culture. An internal email thread, more than two dozen Amazonians turned Googlers have described Amazon as a penny-pinching, empathy-lacking corporate behemoth. Uh, yeah. Now, other than that, do you think Amazon's going to be in our life in 5, 10, 15, 20 years? Note that Jeff Bezos once said Amazon will eventually fail and go out of business. But do you think in your lifetime Amazon's going to fail and go out of business? It is interesting the bashing of the uh, ex-employees are thrown down on them. Now let me give you another Amazon story that's in the headlines. Amazon has 31 patents of a human yell as triggered to stop its Astro Home robot. Okay, wait, wait, what? Yeah, we know they're making this robot and it's going to follow us around our home. Amazon has been granted dozens of patents that mention using the sound of a human yell to stop Astro. Like if it starts walk, uh, running over the dog and the dog gets caught up in its motor, you got to be able to scream, Astro! No! The Alexa enabled home robot designed to follow a person from room to room and complete tasks. Um, I don't think we're there yet. I still see robots as very much so like robots where they're okay. Yeah, they can pick up some dirt on the ground, but they could also run over poop and send poop flying into the air. So that robot knows the difference between dirt and poop. It's a bit of an issue for me. Former Times Square street vendor switched careers by learning to code. 
Um, this just brings up to me that our school system is so 18th century. It's Little House on the Prairie where Laura Ingalls is in the church with her brother and her sister and her cousins and her aunts and her uncles. And it's, it's just our school systems need to get more and more 21st century. And it's going to cost money. Um, Devin Jackson, the turns software engineer, used free resources to break into tech and now runs a nonprofit that helps black New Yorkers land high paying jobs in the industry. Great story. Probably going to make a Will Smith movie out of it. Okay, maybe not Will Smith. Probably going to make a movie out of it with maybe Chris Rock. I don't know. NASA's administrators said everybody poo pooed SpaceX, but it's outperforming Boeing. Um, give Elon Musk credit. Boeing was the aerospace company that NASA would use for rockets and technology development. Um, Blue Origin, you haven't even heard of Blue Origin and Amazon since they did a couple flights up around orbit. But, right. Patreon is now 17% of its workforce. The company is cutting 80 positions from operations, finance, and other departments. It comes a week after Patreon laid off employees on its security team. Um, Patreon is a way for podcasters to get paid for like a premium channel. Like if I were to say, I've got a Rob Black special secret podcast. It's $2.99 a month. We don't need businesses like Patreon. We need businesses like Safeway. We don't need businesses um, that are solving, you know, problems that don't really exist. And yet we're like, well, we need to build up another company and we need venture capital. Venture capital is dry like the Sahara right now. Like my mom's meatloaf. That's how dry venture capital is. And that's a good thing because it cuts down on speculation. It's a bad thing if you're a VC or your startup, you've seen your valuation cut, eat it. That's what the venture capitals are saying. You're, you're not going to get another 500 million. You may get another 100 million after you cut 200 million expenses. Eat it. The James Webb Telescope captured stunning photos of the Ryan Nebula. I throw that down because it's kind of a nice break in the day. Self-driving taxis can be coming to a city near you. They're all over San Francisco right now. And I haven't heard of a like death, but I've heard of some pretty big uh, traffic messes being caused by them. GM's Cruise a RoboTaxi startup plans to expand its service to Phoenix and Austin within 90 days, following its launch in San Francisco earlier this year. Um, I haven't been in a self-driving taxi, but I highly recommend going to YouTube and checking out some people who've videotaped or uh, who have put on film. Film, what's film? <laughs> Put on digital recording their trip in a taxi across San Francisco. Um, big areas that are problematic are crosswalks and parking lots. Binance Blockchain Week kicks off in Paris this week. Yeah, Can't yeah. say I'm wildly excited about that. One of the greatest books of all time is kicking off its final season on Hulu, The Handmaid's Tale, season five. If you ever get a chance to read a book, I know you're saying read a book. Margaret Atwood fantastic book Handmaid's Tale TV show not so good in my opinion but um, book was one of my favorite I think Margaret Atwood is one of the greatest gems of American writers in history but don't let a, a well-bred person get in your way I've enjoyed a TV show that's starting back up good TV show not great I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money investing and more going through the odds and ends going through the top stories of the day and much much more 
take a break. We'll be right back. Find me online at robblackshow.com. Now back to New Focus on Wealth on AM 1220 KDOW. Nothing makes me more depressed than talking about things that we don't need. Let's talk to my producer during the commercial break, and we're talking about Michael Jordan. And uh, I cannot agree. Like, this is just one of those stories where, like, do we have to? Like, didn't he play basketball years ago? Wasn't he a ball hog? Isn't that his claim to fame? <laughs> You're saying, he's the greatest ever. You call him a ball hog. Yeah. I think I could be an all-star if I ball hog like him. So he's teamed up with a new blend of Sincora tequila. I know you're saying, wait, wait, wait. Doesn't Clint already own the tequila market? Yes. Doesn't like Ryan Reynolds already own the tequila market? Yes, again. You are correct again. Do we really need another tequila? No, we don't. But it's common. Um, Here's the thing. He's already sold 1.5 million bottles nationally. He's won 23 awards and it's accredited spirit competitions. These spirit competitions, they're kind of like um, pay to play. They're kind of like, uh, I hate to say it, uh, infomercials. You think you're going to see like the best of the tequilas and it's just like they all have to pay to enter. Like it's really not the best when you look at it that way. Um. But the bottle of tequila is $350. Is that the perfect Christmas gift for me? No. I don't even want the Ryan Reynolds. It's just a cash grab. I, I, I hate it. If you want to buy me a tequila, you can buy me something that will blind me. You know, something cheap, like a Mekong that's got formaldehyde in it. It does the same thing to people like me. I don't drink tequila, but did you know tequila is set to become the um, highest liquor category? I'm like, really? Yeah. Um, but again, I, I don't really get it. I think that's probably the best way for me to say that. So let's talk about the royals. British monarchy, King Charles. King Charles III. Uh, being the king is good. It's good to be the king. There's a lavish housing. There's access to exclusive events. There's a massive swath of land and wealth beyond comprehension. Royal wills are not made public, and royal family totals wealth is closely guarded secrets. Charles has inherited the majority of a portfolio of assets worth around $28 billion. And due to a 1993 agreement with the British government, all that is exempt from inheritance tax. So what exactly has King Charles inherited? Let's take a look, shall we? Can we call him King Chuckles? I, I like the name Chuckles for Charles, the nickname. Late Queen's private portfolio was valued at $949 million. The Crown Estate was valued at... $19 billion collection of assets, including shopping malls, wind farms that are overseen by a board of directors. And did you think the queen owned shopping malls? Like, isn't that fantastic? She probably had some strip malls in there that would sell like the queen on a toilet or the prince in a can, kind of like just gag gifts, like you hope, right? They own a castle, Balmoral Castle in Scotland. In his decades as heir to the throne, King Charles took great interest in his portfolio, the Duchy of Cornwall. 
and grow its value by more than 50% in the last 10 years with its vacation rentals, London office buildings, controversial offshore investments. That duchy is being passed on to his successor, Prince William. Uh, so when you watch the queen be laid to rest, don't worry about, they're not hurting for money this Christmas. I still find the whole idea of royalty just to be silly in the 21st century. Um, maybe it's lovely tradition, but maybe it's time to start some new lovely traditions. Just go in there. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you just want to talk about, we can talk about. This show is on a podcast. Not every segment that I do on the radio makes in the podcast. I try to pick the four or five best segments of the day to get into the podcast. Um, spread the word if you can. It's Rob at Rob Black Show. Uh, is how to email me. The website is robblackshow.com. The Twitter is robblackshow.com. In the podcast, I try to put some more serious topics, uh, whether they be interviews with financial planners, interviews with portfolio managers, but also I'll do a long piece on Netflix business model doesn't work. The question that has been used us for a while is, you know, Netflix, right? Um, everyone wanted to be Netflix and then nobody wanted to be Netflix. And that includes Netflix as he wanted to be Netflix. Um, and what, what's kind of interesting here is Netflix is going to basically put the nail in the coffin for ABC, CBS, NBC as far as commercials go. Because instead of doing commercials, they were never ad supported. They were subscription supported. Now they're saying, now how do we get bigger is to add an ad supported version. And that's only going to hurt ABC, NBC, CBS, Fox. Illustrating again, that quality is good. Um, but lack of quality just won't sell commercials as well. And I think it's fair to say ABC, ABC, CBS, Fox. They haven't had a hit TV show in a long time, like a lost where people are buzzing about it. Again, I'm showing my age, but maybe there is a show or two. But Euphoria on HBO is way more compelling to my kids, my teenagers, than, say, Beverly Hills 90210 ever was going to be. New Beverly Hills 90210. This time, they're the parents. And their kids are just like, it's just not going to ever work again. But uh, Netflix seemed to be destined to sell itself to a bigger, more diversified player. But now we're getting back to them starting, you know, instead of partnering with Disney, they're going to start doing commercials. Um, Netflix's biggest light competitor will probably be a Hulu. 30. Netflix has better content than Hulu, but Netflix doesn't have better content than HBO or um, Disney. And Disney's a little questionable, in my opinion, on their TV shows, but I digress. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.